and influences every aspect of our lives today. And we're only beginning to scratch the surface of understanding how it will radically change the way we live and work in the future. Coming up... They have network planning that basically was going to cope for the coming two, three years. You always plan ahead. And all of a sudden, the growth that you had planned to happen in a year, maybe a year and a half, actually happened last week. It's there now. You're listening to the Future Rhythmic Podcast with Michael Hainsworth, a Nokia original series. COVID-19 has created unprecedented growth in global internet traffic. While most networks see a year-over-year increase in demand of 50%, we're seeing as much in just the last four weeks in regions shut down by coronavirus. Busy hour capacity was designed to address the congestion typical of a Sunday night at 9 p.m. thanks to online streaming. But now even weekend over-the-top streaming peaks are significantly higher, and latency-sensitive applications during the weekday, like teleconferencing, are spiking 300%. But to paraphrase Broadway, the network must go on. For insight into the state of the network and the people behind it, we turn to the Senior VP of IP and Optics for Europe, the Middle East, and Africa at Nokia, Raphael de Furman. We began by discussing that COVID-19 has revealed the critical nature of telecom infrastructure. Those of us who work in telecoms, we always thought that that was a very critical asset and that, in fact, it is uh, at the core of the building blocks of our society. Uh, but we've seen that uh, telecoms perhaps is not under the radar of uh, the society and politicians and uh, people in general, because we sort of take it for granted and perhaps we don't appreciate its importance uh, day after day. When you come to a crisis situation, I think that the important things actually shine on their own. And now everybody understands how crucial it is to have a good telecommunication infrastructure. Now that everybody's working from home or, or following uh, education from home, uh, now everybody understands how crucial telecommunications uh, are. To be honest, in my opinion, they always were. We just didn't realize because we took it for granted. Like, we are now appreciating how important it is to be able to walk down the streets, go for a walk, go for a run, we never thought those things were that important because, again, we took them for granted. The EU commissioner is talking about net neutrality legislation as at least one streaming video provider throttles its outbound transmissions by 25%. What are the implications? Multiple. One of the things that we need to think about is uh, while the highways are open for everybody, and in that sense, I think that it is good that they are open, and, and to some extent that would be uh, uh, the case for net neutrality, what we also need to understand is that some services are more important than others. I think we all understand that when an ambulance has to go, everybody goes to the left-hand side or to the right-hand side of the road so that the ambulance has a clear path. That is probably an extreme uh, example, but there are ambulances running through our networks and probably there's uh, uh, a full classification of not that important services and super important services. And maybe we need to start thinking about while we open the networks to everybody, uh, how do we guarantee that less important services like the example you mentioned that perhaps is now flooding networks uh, because people are streaming from home is, is not doing that in detriment of super crucial 
services that are running through the networks and are absolutely fundamental to keep the countries running. I would have thought quality of service type rules within network routers would already ensure that uh, a video streaming that takes place for uh, a conference call at a corporate level gets higher priority than an email or a Facebook post. We do have those capabilities and in fact we can make sure that this happens. Of course uh, whether those policies are applied or not depend on do all routers out there have all the capabilities to do that, uh, like the ones that uh, Nokia sells uh, would have? And also, are the service providers willing to impose these different levels of services and to guarantee that certain uh, packets, uh, certain communications are more important than other and get higher priority? But technically speaking, yes, this can be done today. Social media and messaging, for example, um, on the first day of the lockdown versus the previous Sunday, uh, WhatsApp saw a rem- what a 500% increase in activity. Network traffic on it for Netflix was up by about 100% or so. Total network traffic on the whole over the previous week was up by about 80% or so. I, I understand that a lot of this insight into the traffic flows in the COVID-19 world come courtesy of this thing called Nokia Deep Field. What is that? Yes, they do. So we have a tool uh, called uh, Nokia Deep Field that is able to understand the individual flows that run through the IP networks of the world. So rather than just looking at the total uh, Uh, amount of information that goes through a pipe or through a network or towards an end user, we are able to look inside and have a view of what are the different uh, uh, conversations, communications, flows that make up the total. Uh, This tool, which is very helpful in a number of circumstances and that has been used for network planning for already quite some time by uh, many service providers around the world, is proving extremely important these days of crisis because it is allowing the service providers not only to see why, uh, what is the total amount that is increasing, but also why it is increasing. What are the components that represent a significant increase in a significant area of the network? At what times they do? And what are the possible solutions to avoid a congestion in those areas that are being stretched uh, the most? So we're seeing unprecedented growth in latency-sensitive applications during business hours. I suppose no surprise with the kids being home a 400% increase in the growth in gaming, but also a 300% growth in teleconferencing apps uh, in the United States, such as Zoom, as well as Skype. If weekday network load peaks are like what telecom operators generally only expect over the weekend, what does this mean for the network? So this is indeed what we are seeing at this point of time. First, we see that because people are working from home, you see an increase in VPNs and in certain other tools. And also, because indeed the kids, although some of them are supposed to be tele-educated, but for sure uh, they will not have the time to go to the park and play with their friends, so they are also streaming a lot more on a Wednesday than they used to, right? So uh, putting all that together, and by the way, the streaming of the kids 
a lot more important in volume than the VPNs of the fathers. Because uh, even though uh, you experience a 400% increase in VPN, the traffic is still a fraction of what Netflix, Netflix alone would represent, right? So all in all, what we get is now the traffic that we are reaching these days during the weekdays is approaching the traffic of the weekends. That is okay. In principle, the network is supposed to be able to handle it, but, and there is an interesting but, it's not actually happening in the same places. Traffic in the week in the weekends is basically streaming and, and uh, uh, all kind of enjoyment-related kind of traffic, if I may say so. Traffic during the working days is happening in other places. Part of it is, of course, streaming, but maybe you start to get some kind of loads in connections to data centers and things like that. So the first thing that uh, service providers need to take care of is what's happening during the weekdays, because while the totality of the network may still be okay, there could be links, routers or locations that are approaching saturation. Now I go to the weekends. What we, of course, see is that also during the weekends, the kids and the parents, perhaps as well, used to do things outside, used to go and play a basketball game, used to uh, go to the theater. They can't do those things anymore. So guess what? They also stream a lot. And this represents a significant increase in the weekend traffic. Now very consistent in terms of shapes. Eh? What's happening during the weekends is basically the same thing uh, qualitatively that was happening a few weekends before. Now quantitatively, there's a lot more of that. It will now be alleviated temporarily a little bit by uh, people like Netflix uh, coming down by 25% in their bit rate in Europe, as an example. But I think it will continue to grow because we only just started this and people will learn and people will, will get into the different tools that some of them have just discovered. And as such, they will be able to exploit more the capabilities that this new world is offering them now. So I do expect that weekend traffic is also going to continue growing. I want to talk a little bit about exploitation. First, though, Help me understand what staffing at network operations centers and security operations centers looks like right now amid COVID-19 shutdowns. Well, that's a very interesting thing. Uh, network operation centers, uh, first of all, some of those network operation uh, people need to go to the network operation center, which is a first level of stress because in some countries uh, that's not a given and, and it's not that easy to have everybody rolled out in a, in a place. Some of the activities can be done remotely, uh, but some of them actually need to happen in the network operation center. So that's a first level of stress at this point of time. The second one, of course, is to give to that network operation center the best possible tools to understand what's happening in the network and to be able to react uh, quickly. So bad actors take advantage of bad situations. We're seeing crisis profiteers buying up toilet paper. What about network security at a time when teams are working with skeleton crews? You always have it. And to be honest, that is really sad. But you got to be prepared uh, for that. Uh, In terms of crisis, there will always be a bad guy who will try to profit from the crisis. And, And that is going to happen. And uh, I'm afraid we are starting to see scams, we are starting to see attacks, uh, 
I even read about uh, uh, an organized attack to the hospitals in a European country, which, to be honest, um, if you have a little bit of humanity, would be probably the last thing you would be thinking about these days. But we can't relax. We need to understand that there's some people out there that are willing to try and profit from these difficult times. So we need to be prepared to fight against them to the best of our abilities. And how do we go about that? There's multiple things. Uh, maybe one to quote, which is an interesting one. There's all kind of uh, security tools that many service providers are putting in place. Uh, but one thing that we have started doing very recently, and that's why I wanted to bring it uh, now, very recently we've started to take uh, the abilities of this uh, Nokia Deep Field tool to use it in a different way. Uh, as said, it was initially created to understand what were the, the flows uh, inside a network and as such be able to take some decisions in network planning. That was the, the whole original idea. But uh, we soon realized that if you understand what's happening inside the network, you're also, uh, uh, you also have in your hands a tool that is able to give you a lot of information about potential attacks in that network. That gives you um, extreme uh, capabilities of, first of all, um, uh, understanding when the attack is happening, and secondly, blocking the attack quickly. Today, uh, the way most of those attacks are handled is that uh, suspicious traffic is routed to a scrubbing center where, and then it is treated there. Of course, um, that means that we introduce a significant load in the network from wherever those packets are detected all the way through to the scrubbing center for treatment. What if we could drop the packets whenever they are um, identified? And that is also something that we are starting to put in place in some networks uh, around Europe and is in cases like that uh, allowing you to quickly offload the network from that uh, uh, massive amount of traffic that constitutes the attack. With growth expected over one to two years now happening over one to two weeks, the CDC and others are talking about this pandemic being with us for months upon months. How do CSPs plan for sustained strain on the networks? I think the first thing that is uh, crossing their minds indeed is what you just said. They have network planning that basically was going to cope for the coming two, three years, you always plan ahead. And all of a sudden, the growth that you had planned to happen in a year, maybe a year and a half, actually happened last week. It's there now. Obviously, you're never running your network so super hot that you can't cope with this kind of traffic. Um, as I said before, maybe it requires a tweak or two in different places because maybe the traffic is not coming exactly what you expected, it, etc., etc. But nothing that short term people cannot cope with. But they are already starting to think, okay, but what if the peak on the first weekend after the lockout is not the peak? It's just the first peak. What about the second weekend and the third weekend and the fourth weekend? Am I just uh, about to experience a tsunami of data in my network? And, and potentially, a lot of that can actually happen. So what we see is people are uh, bringing forward some of the expansions that they already had planned because they expected that kind of traffic to happen. They only didn't expect it to happen so soon. So we see a lot of people bringing that forward in time and making sure that they are able to react 
properly to this uh, amount of data that is getting to them way earlier than they ever anticipated. Uh, CSPs have rollout plans for expansion in building out their infrastructure, but because the demand as we see it now is coming from more residential communities, more homes, we deal with last mile issues more so than, well, we have to increase the uh, build out in city centers where the corporate world is going was going to use it. How do we shift gears like that? How do we change streams? How do we ensure that we can build out where the build out needs to be but still maintain a long-term focus because at some point this is going away. First of all, I don't really think that you need to change gears. I think that traffic over 18 months that has happened in 18 days, actually it is happening more or less where you predicted it would be. Hmm. Because over 18 months, you actually thought that there was going to be a lot more streaming, that people would sign up to uh, Netflix and Hulu, etc. So it basically is happening where you thought it was going to happen. Uh, maybe, as said, there's a couple of tweaks because you never anticipated this big amount of uh, traffic from home with, with people teleworking. But again, that is a very small part of the totality of the traffic. It might require a tweak here or there, as I said before. But the, the, big, the big thing is not basically fundamentally changing gears from what you had planned uh, if you're a service provider. So I think on that part, you're safe. The second thing is the question of, okay, I need to bring back, uh, bring forward all that uh, investment. Uh, do I need to throw it away? Because, you know, when the whole COVID uh, thing goes, and uh, God knows when, but we hope it will be sooner rather than later, uh, do I now have an extra capacity in my network that I won't use? Well, to be honest, uh, first of all, you were planning to use it in a year from now anyhow. So the maximum that could really happen to you is that maybe you have the network slightly empty for, say, a quota or something like that. But to be honest, I don't even think so. There's a lot of people that have jumped onto some of those platforms that basically they didn't need to. Eh? They had other, other kind of uh, pastimes. Uh, they spent uh, their spare time in a different way. And they sort of uh, had not found Netflix yet, if you know what I mean, right? Uh, they found it now. And it is, it is addictive, right? So once you get into streaming, once you appreciate all the things that they can offer to you, you're probably not going to sign off. You're probably going to stay. So actually, I don't really anticipate to see that valley. I think that the traffic that has come is there to stay. It, it was going to be, I mean, the CSPs already planned that this was going to happen in, in 12, uh, 18 months from now. It happened faster, but I don't anticipate we're going to see a drop in, in network traffic when COVID goes out, by no means. I think that we advanced uh, some of those expansions, but this is a good investment. Perhaps, and that's the third part of, of this question, the challenge we're going to find is in our ability to actually roll out those expansions if COVID gets more and more serious and uh, um, it is more difficult for people to go to sites, for installers, etc., to go to sites and, and plug the boards and build the routers. I think many governments are already recognizing how important telecommunications are, and many, many governments have already declared that telecoms is strategic, like, like of course, uh, medicines and food and other supply chains that you need to maintain under a moment of crisis like this one. And I think the ones that haven't done it yet 
will do so in the coming days and they will remove that difficulty that at this point of time is probably the only challenge that service providers would have uh, to advance those investments and, and, and beef up the network a little bit to the challenge that it is going to have in the coming days. If Nokia Deepfield reveals that the stress is mostly on the aggregation networks and the service edge routers where demand is reaching capacity maximums, telecom operators may need to make fresh choices about their gear. What roles do commercial pressures, quality, reliability, and availability play in those decisions? I think that's a very good question. And I think that also comes back to the beginning of our conversation that in time zone crisis, the really important things uh, show up naturally. Um, only last year, uh, when we thought the world was normal and we never thought that anything like that would ever happen, uh, when service providers out there selected a router, they, of course, balanced uh, multiple uh, areas in their decision. Uh, clearly, the quality, the stability, the reliability of that router was very important but the commercials of that router were very important as well. And then people made choices in different ways. And obviously you have the whole scale. You have people who selected uh, taking into account mostly the quality of the product. You have people who were somewhere in the middle and, and you have service providers that selected more taking into account the commercials of the transaction. I think today, uh, the ones who build a solid, very reliable network sleep better than the ones who build a cheaper but potentially uh, more challenged uh, IP network. Uh, I think perhaps moving forward, people again uh, will understand that, again, those priorities were always there. We just didn't see them because we thought the world was normal. We just didn't see how important uh, being able to uh, uh, run in the street uh, uh, was in those days. So equally, we didn't appreciate how important it is to have a good, solid, reliable network that doesn't fail you. I think moving forward, perhaps uh, people will edge a little bit more on that side uh, when making these kind of decisions, because I think reality now has proven to us how important those decisions are. See the future. Listen to what's next. Read about world-changing ideas. All by visiting futurhythmic.com. The Future Rhythmic Podcast with Michael Hainsworth is a Nokia original series.